Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Catherine Jeffries, the author of the thought-provoking new novel, Stranglehold. Catherine, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Your book is enormous. Let's get that out of the way (laughs) right up front. This is not a Saturday afternoon beach read. But what it is is something that when you start reading, you can't put it down because you do such a fabulous job of laying out the story kind of crumb by crumb, causing us to just want to turn the pages faster and faster and faster and faster (laughs) to figure out what's going on. And it's really beautifully done. Well, thank you. I I meant to do that. Thank you so much. <laughs> you did mean to do it. That's, that's good. But, it, but it's not a short read, and I will say it's intimidating when you look down at the bottom of your Kindle and it tells you how long you have to finish the book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully it's well written enough that you want it to take It is, the and you do, want to just, you do want to continue it, although there is some pressure when you need to finish so that you can do an interview. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so tell us, give us the story sort of behind the story. This is, before we actually get into the book, uh, tell us what caused you to want to write this story because it's kind of a dark story. Yeah, you know, I, I think I've kind of been um, a dark writer since I was a teenager. Um, this one's actually a little bit lighter for me. Uh, it's it's not, you know, usually I have some sort of other world or or kind of a post apocalyptic thing. This was, you know, there's actually sunshine in this one, um, and it's, it takes place in the modern day and. What, what made me want to write it actually was a very personal thing. I um, had just gotten out of a bad relationship. And, you know, as, as anyone who's dated a lot can tell, um, there are some guys or, or mates, potential suitors, where you think this, per- this person's perfect. How can anything be wrong with them? And then about four or five months in, there's kind of that benchmark where some sort of switch gets flipped and um, with some, not all. And, and he was a completely different person about four or five months in. And I held on for a few more months thinking, you know, maybe he's just stressed or whatever. And it didn't work out. So we, we ended the relationship and I thought, wouldn't it be, you know, really cool to have some sort of ability to know what the real person is. And, and, you know, some people want to be able to read thoughts. I don't, I don't want to know what anybody thinks of me, frankly, (laughs) um, (laughs) or what I'm wearing or whatnot. Um, and you know, I had a friend who wanted a special ability to have a tail, which was strange, but I thought, what, what if I had this, you know, magical ability to know when people lie, that's it. Just know what, what they're saying is legit or not. And I thought that would be a really cool story. And so it started just very, very simply. And I thought, well, what, what industry would someone like that work in that would be the most impactful and um, I thought maybe law enforcement, you know, that was my first thought, but I, I figured, you know, there are department policies. She couldn't just say, well, he's lying. Well, how do you know? I don't know. I can just tell wouldn't work. Um, so I kind of had to create a, a little bit of an alternate America where, um, you know, the court system is failing. Criminals are getting out. Um, they're getting off on loopholes or, or whatnot. Um, but they're guilty. You know, they're all, all the evidence is there. Maybe they've confessed, but somehow, they get either a very light sentence or not sentenced at all. And a vigilante underground organization um, was the best thing, best suited for, for Gemma Pearl and her ability to, uh, to kind of clean up the world. But uh, the problem with that is that the, the vigilante organization's leader got a little bit greedy 
and decided to make it more of a, a murder for hire venture to make money. And, and she kind of keeps her hold on Gemma because Gemma can uh, interview people and see, um, you know, who's, who's confessing to the cops or, or who is um, actually a good person. So, you know, fighting against what the organization is doing. So, so this, the leader of the organization can then weed out enemies of her own. And, um, and Gemma's kind of held captive by that. This is it's an you explore some interesting themes and and one of them obviously you just mentioned it is vigilanteism and it's it's the kind of thing that when you initially think about it the idea of someone going out there and punishing the bad guys it makes perfect sense and it's it's the kind of thing that gets us standing up and applauding in movie theaters but so often well I, so often it seems like it's not unreasonable to expect that something like that would take a severe right turn or left turn whatever direction you you want to use and wind up sort of the way this organization did where uh, they've gone from strictly upholding the law to really being out for their own self-interest yeah, I, was, I, I think with anyone who gets too much power or gets too comfortable, we can see that, uh, you know, in, in governments, we can see that all over the world. And, and it, it is dangerous to to put all the power in one place. And uh, and I don't ever, you know, in the story, I, I was very careful to create a world that's very different than ours so as not to ever encourage anybody to become a vigilante. Uh, it's very, very different than the America we live in now. And there are many forces coming out and working against the system of, of criminal justice that we have. So I mm-hmm. wanted to make it very, I wanted to discourage it because I don't, I don't want people going out there and, and gunslinging and, and taking out suspects that they don't like or, or people that they feel have wronged them. Cause I, I, that's a very scary idea for me. But it is kind of fun to watch and it's kind of fun to read about. And it's, right. th- there's a cathartic quality to it, uh, especially in the beginning when something bad happens and the bad person is punished. Yes. Uh, and then of course, in the movies, it almost never spirals out of control, but uh, in a novel, uh, especially a novel of this length, you can explore it uh, a, a lot more than a 90-minute Charles Bronson movie, if I'm not dating myself too much. True, and I and that's one of the reasons why it went on so long, is that, um, and, and that's why I kind of ended up writing a series, is because her ability is so fascinating, and you can do so many different things with it, and and there is a scene where where she, you know, confronts a, a child kidnapper and, and rapist, and I, I remember listening to a friend who said, you know, what they did to this guy was wrong, but it felt so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the thing where you you have to kind of question yourself, you know, am I the kind of person who really does want to torture and kill bad people or should we have mercy? Should we forgive? Should we, you know, as a society, um, you know, be merciful and, and rehabilitate and all these other things that we hope to do with criminals. And is it working? And what's the best for society? And, and to discourage these kinds of horrific crimes, you don't know. It's just it's an interesting subject. And it's it's an interesting exercise as an author to go through this and not just say I'm going to write a page turning thriller where you go from point A to point Z and there are lots of bad people and and they all get killed. There's there's actually there are a lot of themes that you cover as, as we mentioned before and a lot of instances for the reader to think yeah. and say hmm how how it, it just. At least for me, there were there were plenty of in- instances where I, I just paused and thought about something for a little while, and I, I suspect that's what you're going for. 
Yeah. I, in a lot of my work is to kind of help me work through things as well. And, and to try to figure out what I, what I believe and what I would do in that situation and, and where I would want, you know, where my politics lie. Cause I'm, I'm pretty open to new ideas and to new perspectives. And, you know, I used to be very rigid and very conservative and very even religious. And I kind of, you know, allowed myself to think a little bit more and, and look at things with a little bit more dimension and hear all sides of the story and, mm-hmm. and hear all sides of the experience. So, um, so that's what I do in my writing is try to present just different thoughts and, and really try to immerse my, my readers in that situation so that they can take that on and live it and see how they feel about it. And what's been the reaction from readers when they, when they read something like this that causes them to think? That's all I say is I, I just had a, you know, you really made me think I couldn't put it down or, or sometimes they, they're kind of concerned for me because of course it's violent. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I don't know if, if I've necessarily changed minds, but what they really appreciate is that they, they haven't thought things through, you know, maybe they are a little bit, maybe they are, have been told what to believe mm-hmm. by um, parents or, or their political party or friends. And, um, and this is just a chance for them to think it through a little bit more. But no, I haven't haven't really talked to anybody who said you've totally changed my mind on something. But um, but I just they really appreciate having that chance to, you know, have their brain twerked a little bit. Tweaks, not twerk. That's a bad word. Tweaks. Tweaks a little bit. <laughs> I'm just picturing minds twerking now. <laughs> <laughs> on the weekends only. On the weekend. <laughs> okay. All right. So as we mentioned, this is a this is a big book. And mm-hmm. This is just the first one. There's more. This yeah. is this is a commitment for you. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it. Um, I, I've drafted all four parts. There's only four. Really? Uh, yeah. I wanted to get them all done uh-huh. when I was in that mind space, when I was in that zone. And um, you know, I tend to I tend to really immerse myself and kind of become. I guess I guess I guess I become friends with my characters where they're always present, and so I wanted to write it when they were all present. And, um, I'm really proud of it. I think it, I think it ends extremely well and, Mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't resolve everything, but everything's addressed and it it gets, it gets a lot more complicated as we go. We have politicians involved. We have, um, other kind of crime moguls, um, getting in the mix with things and and you get a little bit deeper into, uh, the, the human trafficking portion of it, uh, which is, which was difficult to write about, but I felt that that's an issue that, uh, at the time when I was writing, it wasn't really in the forefront. Now it's getting a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. But um, when I wrote it, it was it was so frustrating to not feel like there was a solution for that. There was uh, a lot of uh, there was awareness of it, and there was a, a huge practice of it. But it was mostly from these third world countries, from corrupt governments and police um, who were allowing it. And so America or the U.S. couldn't really go into these countries and, and handle it because there was no jurisdiction. But Luckily now, uh, there is an organization called OUR that I, I donate some, a portion of my income from this book to to help end the practice because I didn't want to educate my readers on this problem and then leave them hanging and say, okay, best of luck. I, want, I wanted them to know that there is a solution for this horrific practice and that their reading or their participation in the book is actually facilitating the solution. So even though it was difficult to write about the human trafficking and and to kind of expose that, um, I'm really excited that this, you know, this venture can actually help 
so many people who are trapped in that industry. You know, it's it's something, the idea of, of human trafficking is, is something that a lot of us don't spend a lot of time thinking about. It. It's, it's mm-hmm. not something that affects us. It doesn't affect our communities. Um, but a few years ago, I, I live in Naples, Florida, which is a pretty affluent community. It's bad things don't happen here other than um, the occasional hurricane. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. about 15 miles from here, there was a story in the paper, I don't know, three or four years ago, of essentially this house that was housing these victims of human trafficking and I mean, you can imagine what was going on there. And I'm reading the article going, oh, my God, how could this happen here? Yeah, yeah. And I suspect it happens everywhere. And everyone's like me. When you're finally faced with it, you probably ask yourself that question. How can this be happening in our backyard? Right, right. And I, I remember talking back when I started writing it back in 2007, uh, I was talking to a law enforcement friend of mine who had um, helped on a stain in a massage parlor poor guy. He was um, sent in to get a massage and, and he was going to give the word, you know, he was obviously wearing a wire and he was going to give the word when this woman started to give the sexual service, but um, he couldn't alert them, obviously, that he was a part of law enforcement until his friends, you know, until his partners came in. And so this this woman offered him the service and he said, yeah, sure. And then he gave, you know, whatever, um, whatever code word it was. And she started taking care of business and he's a married man with children thinking like, I have to just go along with this until my partners bust in. And they came in and they, and none of these women spoke English. They only knew, you know, the, the, you know, certain words and certain practices that they had to do and they were trapped there. And it was a part of a, of a huge um, business where these, these people want to come to America. They, they just want an opportunity and they get involved with, you know, someone who transported them here and then imprisons them and tells them that, you know, this is what they're doing from now on. And it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific what these poor people have to endure for years on end until someone helps them. It's awful. I bet it was a bit of a relief to finally finish the the fourth draft, or not the fourth draft, but the draft of the fourth part of the of the story, and, and to be done with it from a creative standpoint to where now you're just going through and editing, fixing, rewriting, that kind of thing? You know, it wasn't. I actually was pretty bummed for about a month. I felt like I would lost a job and lost all my favorite coworkers. So I was, huh. I was a little bummed out by that. I really enjoyed their interactions. You know, they kind of, they're, they're a little bit of a family with, um, you know, Grant and Trent coming in to help Gemma and mm-hmm. get her out. Um, they, they form a family and, and their banter back and forth just made me I don't know. It just gave me a lot to look forward to in terms of, of my work. And so, yeah, it took four years. And when you, when you take four years of, of obsessing about one certain thing and really fixating and developing it, and then it's gone, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So it was, it was rough, but then I, you know, started another project of course, and, and got involved in, in other things, but yeah, it was, I was proud of myself, um, for writing such a, I think such an amazing series, but, yes. um, but I missed it. Yeah, I really missed it. What's the uh, what's the release schedule for the rest of this? I know that you know my publisher wants to wait at least a year um, to get the second one out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see. Maybe next summer. Could okay. be next summer. 
All right. And he's not, your publisher doesn't want to wait at least a year because he thinks it's going to take people a year to read the first book. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that in jest because that's not possible because once people start reading, they're going to keep reading like I did. Yeah. I had friends who said, I haven't slept in two days or I will, I set my alarm for 5am so I could read before I went to work. So yeah, people kind of, you know, get through it pretty quickly because they, they really get attached to the characters and really enjoy the tension and, you know, the anticipation. So it's really, it's amazing that, that I've had such a good response to it. I'm really flattered. Yeah. Catherine, I, I really compliment you on the book. It's, it's very ambitious. It's very well executed. It, it's a great page torn, turning story. And it's something that I think that readers are really going to enjoy. Thank you. I hope so too. Thank what, you. What's the best way for readers to keep up with you and this series? Well, as of right now, um, you can find me on Facebook under Catherine Jeffries. I will add anybody. And my author page, of course, is Catherine Jeffries as well. But I'm going to get a a mailing list out soon. So keep in tune for that. And that would be from your website, which is www.com. CatherineJeffries.com. All right. We make it really easy for people that are out there driving home and listening to this. It's at the crimefiction.fm website. In the show notes, you can find the link to Catherine's website. So, Catherine, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. This is Stephen Campbell for crimefiction.fm. As I mentioned, you can find us at www.crimefiction.fm. You can also find us on iTunes. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or review. Those help other readers find great new books like Stranglehold from Catherine Jeffries. Thanks for listening.